Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Brought to you by Campbell's new Chunky Spicy Soup. It's time to get fired up. Raptors Hornets on a Sunday. And I fired up for that one. I mean, look, it, it was a really fun game. Because you got to see the Raptors play in an entirely new way. Uh, obviously, not by choice. You would never want to see the Raptors play without Scotty Barnes. You would never want to see anybody not available to play. And, Scotty, uh, if you haven't heard the news already, um, Darko did say that before the game that they're evaluating all options, but uh, a fracture in his hand, uh, in his finger. And so uh, he was not able to finish out the last game and was. Um, look, most likely going to be out for the rest of the year, if not the majority of the rest of the year. Uh, but again, I'll, I'll wait for the Raptors to sort out their situation. But it is super unfortunate that, uh, you know, you won't get to see Scotty as much. But, you know, it does create, I suppose, a new way for the Raptors to play because they got to compensate for his absence. And uh, the Raptors were actually able to get the win tonight. Look, I mean, they were favored against the Hornets, even without Scotty, right? They win 111 to 106, uh, holding on at the end there. The Hornets, um, what do you even say, made a furious comeback. The Raptors' offense just went ice cold. They were up double digits, but they just you know, missed like six, seven shots in a row. And some of them were even good looks, too. Uh, and the Hornets were able to score each time. And Davis Bertans actually sprinted down the floor and pulled up for a one-point lead in the last minute, but the Raptors closed it out, largely because the Hornets couldn't stop fouling Emmanuel quickly and quickly went to the foul line. He was a perfect 8 of 8, but most importantly, he knocked down uh, four straight free throws there to turn the Raptors from being down one to being back up three. Uh, and then at that point, yeah, the Raptors were able to hold on, but we'll get to that in a second. Most importantly, Raptors needed to find a new way to play without Scotty. And, and like, I don't want to over-exaggerate, but... You know, he was like the whole point of the season or the whole point of the roster construction. So when you miss Scotty, even though it's one guy, you're missing a lot of roles, right? You know, for example, the starting lineup, a lot of that is built around uh, what Scotty can do. Um, at least he has more help there typically in the starting group. But the second unit, that whole entire second unit has to now find a new way to play because a lot of it was just based off of Scotty initiating and using his advantages to to sort of prop up the, the Scotty plus bench unit, which was admittedly pretty fun for a couple of games, especially during that pizza party three-game win streak. Uh, but, you know, nevertheless, you don't have him. You got to find a way to adjust. And the number one question for Darko today was who was going to start in place of Scotty. And it ended up being Ochak Baji, who ended up uh, playing 33 minutes in this one. And the Raptors definitely needed his defensive impact. And you saw that at spurts. I think most importantly, he had a great block on Miles Bridges trying to go to the basket. I think this is the third quarter. Swatted him, got the rebound, and then took it the coast to coast. Faked out one defender and finished strong at the cup, forcing the Hornets into a timeout. So you saw Ochai step in, but Ochai is a very different player than than Scotty. You know, like he's not creating his own shot, even though he took twenty shots tonight, which feels like whoa. That is like an obscenely high number. Uh, for a guy of his offensive talent. But then again, when you look back on it, it wasn't like he took that many bad shots, maybe like four or five, uh, which admittedly is still quite high. But, you know, you know, I, I think he got his offense in the flow. Um, you know, unfortunately, couldn't knock down the threes, one of seven from three, but I liked his attempts from there. And he went strong to the basket for the most part otherwise. Uh, and a couple times he got blocked. Nevertheless, you got Ochai coming in, and he's not really creating plays the way Scotty is. He's a, he's a finisher more than anything else. So, you you saw Uchai step in, but defensively, I mean, you needed that against Charlotte. Charlotte has a lot of 
you know, scoring wings, whether that's Miles Bridges, who finally made it over the border this time, not exactly sure why. Uh, Brandon Miller, who, uh, you know, I would say, I wouldn't even say he started the season slowly. He was just a rookie, but has really come on stronger and stronger of late. And you're, you're clearly seeing the talent that's there uh, to make him, you know, a number two overall pick. He's starting to play better like that. Grant Williams is actually surprisingly involved in their offense. Uh, and maybe surprising is rude, but, you know, he is a guy who uh, the Hornets ran a lot of actions through, gave him the ball in the post, you know, evolved him a lot of screens. And so you kind of needed perimeter defenders to sort of stack up against those guys. And I thought Ochai was a logical pick. And I'm pretty sure they'll continue to start Ochai going forward. Uh, and, you know, I, I think the starting lineup might be okay, you know, in that sort of like uh, compromised state. But then it got even worse with Jacoproto, unfortunately, uh, leaving this game shortly before halftime. Didn't even see what happened on the play, but uh, he was ruled out for the remainder of the game with a dislocated pinky. Um, so, you know, the injuries just continue to get worse and worse. Hopefully, Jakob's okay. Hopefully, you don't need any sort of, like, huge procedure for that. But still, Jakob actually was the one really holding it together, holding it down. I thought he played an excellent first half. You know, setting guys up, uh, you know, contesting shots on defense, um, you know, using his body to screen and create advantages for a guy like quickly him and quickly in the two man game was beautiful to see uh, quickly found him quite a few times just rolling to the basket for those little, you know, patented push shots. You also saw Jakob with the high low passes to Abaji. That was the first play of the game was Jakob getting the ball in the high post and throwing it to Abaji, who was cutting back door and found him for. A layup there. He found Abaji three times. Abaji has really shown a talent for cutting, right? Because this is the second time now where he's had essentially three cutting assists off of one guy. Um, you know, he, he did a last week with Kelly, uh, who we came over in the trade with from Utah, and now he does it with Jakob. So I think there's a clear talent by Ochai to be able to do that. But yeah, I just thought Jakob was really, really the MVP of the first half for the Raptors, and it was really unfortunate to see him go down with injury, at that point it became even more imperative for RJ and, and, and IQ to carry the bulk of the offense. And, of course, that was always going to be the case um, with Scotty going down. If it was even the case with Scotty in the group, right? You needed both RJ and Emmanuel to be pretty strong. And you saw that tonight here. Uh, RJ finishes with 23 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 10 to 16. And perhaps the most encouraging part of this is the fact that he continues to shoot the 3-ball well. Um, RJ is three of six from three tonight, even though he was over two from the foul line. I think both missing and ones, uh, which just continues to be real baffling as to why RJ can't make free throws, but he's actually hitting the threes now at a much higher clip, which is, again, it's hard to explain, you know, uh, the success rate of RJ shooting jumpers because, uh, you know, yeah, he's basically shooting 50% from free throw and like 50% from three in the last stretch here. And that just doesn't make any sense. Um, but RJ primarily going to the basket. A couple turnovers. I mean, he had five turnovers tonight. So uh, a couple of those. First quarter, it was bad pass turnovers where he was attacking off the dribble and trying to set guys up. And the Hornets, maybe they just surprised him with his length. Maybe RJ just didn't necessarily read it right, but uh, just, you know, ended up throwing a couple passes away. And then the rest of the game, I'm pretty sure the rest of them were just like head down, driving into traffic and getting into trouble or traveling or, you know, barreling or you know, whatever. So those were more sort of turnovers off the drive. But overall, when he got to his shots, you know, you got to see pretty much what RJ has shown you consistently since joining a Raptor. I mean, he's been really efficient when he shoots the ball. 
Um, he continues to be just, you know, uh, a menace going downhill to his left hand off of these curls in transition. He'd had a nice Euro step, which was able to, you know, set up his man and then still attack him with the left hand. Um, even though his, his man was sitting on his left hand the whole time, he hit him with the Euro step and went with the inside hand layup uh, on the right side, all with his left hand. You know, he's clearly very, very insistent on going there, but he's been efficient. And this is not even necessarily him relying on the three. We've seen him be efficient without the three as well. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's great to see the three ball come around for him. He knocked one out from on the top of the floor, from the corner, on the wing. So three threes for RJ Barrett uh, was, was, is always, always a welcome sight. So RJ created a lot of the offense. And in fact, you saw Darko use. RJ kind of like they use Scotty in the sense that, okay, he's going to be the first sub out in the first quarter. He's going to return later on at the end of the first quarter and play the start of the second quarter with the groups there. And, you know, that's generally speaking, an indication of sort of, um, well, the way Darko has really handled it is that's, that's typically how he would play his best player on the night. And so, you know, he turned to RJ for a lot of offensive creation. I, again, the playmaking is nice too. The fact that he's in that five, you know, six range is not too uncommon to see from him. Uh, I'm enjoying that because, again, he continues to get two feet into the paint. And, of course, he's always going to draw a crowd against a good defense if he's going to be in the paint. And that always creates opportunities for guys to cut in uh, for for cuts sort of trailing behind RJ uh, or kickouts for RJ to sort of, uh, you know, set up other teammates. The other player, obviously, is quickly. Quickly was really, really good tonight. Probably the closest he's been to a triple-double in his career. 22 points, 11 assists, 7 rebounds for Emmanuel. Uh, 6 of 14 shooting, 2 of 7 from 3, 8 of 8 from the foul line. Clearly, the most important thing for quickly tonight was the fact that he made those uh, four free throws in the final minute. Um, you know, again, the Raptors had gone ice cold offensively, and I'll get to that in a second, but, um, you know, quickly was able to uh, just one time get down downhill and, and draw some contact and get to the foul line. The next time, the, the Hornets, honestly, I mean, they're not a good team. So they made a really silly, silly mistake. I think Bertans was just trying to, you know, uh, hedge against quickly preventing him from turning the corner so easily off the high pick and roll, and he ended up being too aggressive and ended up fouling him, having uh, having already been put into the bonus. So you know, quickly just ends up going to the foul line to turn it from being down one to all of a sudden making all four free throws to putting the Raptors up three all in the last minute. So that was really clutch. But I also thought quickly at the start of the game he really distributed well. Um, maybe I should have throughout the game he distributed well, but he really paired well with quick uh, with. Jakob as a center. Uh, then he also did a great job of, you know, uh, spraying it around and, and driving and kicking into the paint. Probably the best pass from him all, all, all night was quickly uh, after faking up as if he, he was in the paint. He was faking a cut upwards as if he was going to come up above the three-point line and receive the dribble handoff. Instead, uh, he cut then back door and got a really nice high-low feed from Kelly. On, on that for a layup in the third quarter. And the next time down, when they ran the same play, IQ also in the paint. This time he does come up to receive the ball and the dribble handoff, then gets downhill, draws two defenders, and uh, he inst- and, and he whips a, a sort of a wraparound pass around the help defender off the corner right to uh, Grady Dick, who caught it. And it was a good, actually, second effort from the Hornets to, to rotate over and try to close out on Grady's corner three, but Grady actually uncorked just this rainbow of a corner three. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he was lightly contested or probably couldn't see the rim that well, uh, but he still swished it. So 
that was a really nice play from Quickly. And I just thought all throughout the game, like you needed to see him create for you. And it wasn't a lot of pull-up three-point shooting. There hasn't been that much pull-up three-point shooting in general uh, as a member of the Raptors. But, you know, you start to see him more and more get into the paint, get into the paint. And that's the, the biggest thing for me is just, you know, I, I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities to – I mean, look, he's just not going to be a complete player unless he unless he's able to be effective going to the paint. And he's quick. He has the three that people respect. He moves really well. His energy uh, is, is good. His cutting uh, has been good. He's probably going to cut less and less now because of the fact that he's got to be on the ball more and more. But nevertheless, one of the moments when he's not on ball, look to be effective, you know, uh, getting free for open threes or, or, or curling around and, and catching and trying to finish on the move. Those things are all really important for quickly. And I thought quickly did just enough tonight offensively to sort of push them over the top against a Hornets team that, you know, I mean, they're, they're pretty terrible, let's be honest, but you know, they, they still presented the Raptors with some unique threats. You know, I think um, you saw Bridges for a stretcher in the third quarter where he had 13 points, uh, and he finished with 20 points tonight, uh, Bridges, which is actually just like, I think he had like 38 against the Raptors last game. That was mostly jumpers. This one, he was mostly using his, his bulk and throwing his right around in the paint um, and cutting in and ducking in and things like that, and the Raptors just were having a really difficult time uh, contesting him. This is also, by the way, when Jakob was out of the game in the second half as well. But Bridges gave them a problem for a certain moments. Uh, I thought Miller was a real problem early in the game, got the ball less and less. I mean, he still shot it quite a bit, 21 point times, but he, he needs to. I mean, if, A, he's an accurate shooter. Like right? you, you look at it, you know, catch and shoot threes, two of them late in the game, switch them, no problem. I mean, he, he's, he, you know, he, he can really work that pick and roll as well, and he's got that mid-range threat, but he's also big enough where he's able to get into the paint and shoot it over the top or, or get all the way to the cup. You know, there there is very much a player there where it's like, okay, um, when you think about modern wings and what succeeds in the league, it's it's exactly this type of player. 6'8", six, 6'9", six, wiry, athletic, can handle the ball pretty well. Nothing, like, too fancy. Like, he's not going to, like, put it between your legs or, you know, do some crazy dribble combinations, but he doesn't necessarily need to, right? Come out the high pick and roll, um, you know, trap a defender on his back, has the mid-range option, has the pull-up three option, honestly, if you drop all the way to start from the pick and roll, and he can also go all the way to the cup. Like, it just makes a lot of sense, and, and he seems to be a good catch-and-shoot three-point shooter as well. So Miller was a threat, and um, and then the rest of it was just like, I don't know. They started playing Bertans more as the game went on, and he's always been a guy who just comes in, runs around, and jacks up shots. He's very aggressive. He's very tall. Um, so it is a little tricky to guard him at times because he'll just pull up over you. The conceit of that, or the flip side of that, is the Hornets were down three in the last minute, and the, out of the timeout, the play was just for Bertans to curl to the corner, you know, sidestep and shoot over the top of Gary, who was pretty much there with him the whole time. I mean, he didn't foul him, uh, and he, he's not as big as Berton, so he wasn't able to completely contest him, but it's like a moving, fading, contested three. Like, I'm, I'm happy to live with that. And Bertans did miss it. But, you know, he he played more in, in a small ball group. The Hornets did smart small anyway. Um, they don't have their centers available either. And so Grant Williams was playing center for them. And, you know, they were kind of getting by with essentially their version of Vision 6-9 with, with Grant Williams and Brandon Miller, Brandon Miller uh, Bridges, Bertans. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I thought the Raptors actually played well against that group. It wasn't really until you know, the fourth quarter where you really saw the Raptors go cold. And, of course, there were stretches where it's, like, inconsistent play. Again, it doesn't help that midway through the game, they lose their most impactful two-way player in uh, Jakob. So, you know, of course, I sympathize with Darko on having to adjust all the time. But, 
you late in the game, you just saw a stretch of really, really poor offense where it was uh, it quickly airballing a wide open catch and shoot three. There was Kelly running down the floor, missing a three. There was Ochai smoking a layup. There was also Kelly missing Ochai, who was cutting, who had a really good chance at a layup, but Kelly uh, uh, fluffed the pass. Uh, then RJ missed it a contested, you know, driving layup in a crowd over two guys after a timeout. That was the play Darko drew up. And, you know, I, I think RJ really needed to read the defense there and kick it out or keep the ball moving. Uh, and then RJ missed an open corner three as well. So there was just a stretch there down, you know, where the Raptors just could not get any offense, could, could, could not get any offense. And that actually allowed the Hornets to, to open the door back up. But, you know, in a game like that where you do have a lot of absences, you need certain guys to step up. And I'm not even just talking about the main guys available remaining who stepped up in the sense that, like, you know, Gary's been there, RJ, quickly. But you need even the second unit to step up for you. And some of those guys provide a contribution. You know, uh, I think for for this game, it was good to see Wara back into the rotation. I mean, he was always going to be the next man up with uh, the fact that he was already the Raptors' 10th man anyway. And so he's literally the next man up. But with Scotty going down, you need another wing to to pop up and play for you. And War actually has some good size, some good athleticism. I do wish he would play a little bit harder in the sense that, like, I would love to see him use athleticism all the time. You know, like when you see that with Scotty where he's flying around, he's throwing his weight around. I mean, whatever. We're talking about an all-star. We're talking about a guy. It's not so easy to just walk in and quote-unquote be Scotty. But I do think that there are some takeaways, right? Like the way he plays and the way he's able to use his physicality and be really strong um, and, you know, try to attack the glass. And, and again, people bumping off of him. I think War can do just a bit more from what he does because he kind of, you know, a lot of times you don't necessarily notice him. And then in certain moments, you really notice him. Like when he's going length of the floor, Eurostep with a little, or actually a little hezzy and, and flies in for a lefty layup, taking off from like basically a foot inside the paint. It's like, Oh, that's really athletic. That that what he can do there, uh, or you know, think back to a couple times where he tried to poster guys early in the season when he was playing. But a month ago, you know, he could really do some things and be impactful. But I think he just needs to do it more often. Nevertheless, you saw War come in and 18 minutes gave you 11 points, four rebounds. I think defensively, that's also where you can really see more out of him. You know, I, I didn't see an impact defensively from him tonight in a positive way. There were a couple of times where he lost his guy. So. You know, you would want to see more, and especially for War, it's a pretty important stretch because he is soon to be an unrestricted free agent. And I actually would love to see the Raptors like retain him. I I do like the fact that he's six eight, athletic, and also can shoot decently from three. Um, but you know, I think for himself, he needs to showcase the secondary skill. Like it's almost like a diet version of Gary in a way, where it's like if you're not giving you something in addition to the three point shooting, then even though we really like the three point shooting that's still not enough, you know what I mean? And so I would love to see War come in and do a little bit more. He had a couple of nice cuts as well. That's always good to see. Again, if he's athletic, he's, he's, he's big like that, you know, you know, uh, playing the paint just a little bit. I'm not saying crash the paint or like uh, hang in the paint all the time, but, you know, cut off of cuts, off of transition, just like any opportunity to see that your athleticism is there, take it. Because I thought Ochai actually did a great job of that. And, and, and Ochai didn't convert a lot tonight. 6 to 20 is not good. But he got himself in a lot of positions simply by playing super fast and being super aggressive um, and looking to score, looking to defend, looking to run. And when you saw Ochai in the 33 minutes, he was just giving it his all, right? Moving at a faster pace than a lot of other guys. So love to see that from Mora. I would love to see, you know, a little bit more of what DJ Carton has to do. First off, I would love to see 
DJ Carden announced by the in arena staff, kind of like how DJ Khaled announced himself, like DJ Carden. Like, I would love to see that. But uh, putting that silliness aside, I, I think for DJ, you know, he's on a two-way. So congrats to him first off. He, he got signed for a 10-day contract that expired. The Raptors converted Javon Freeman Liberty into a full-time rest of the season contract. And so that opened up another two-way slot. They gave that promptly to DJ Carton. So he's going to be here the rest of the season. And especially because he signed the contract to so late, it's essentially he's signed for the rest of the year. Pretty much the same kind of idea. But in any case, when you see DJ, um, I want to see, first off, like what he's about. Like I feel like tonight he played his game, but I didn't really – I feel like he was trying to fit in. And I think this is – um. It reminded me almost like a like a Jeff Downton game of the last couple of years. And also, congrats to Jeff. He also got uh, a two-way contract this time with uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. So, you know, uh, he rejoins Nick Nurse in that sense. But I thought for, for Jeff, he would come into the game and, you know, there was a way that he played in the G League and the way he played with the Raptors. And he would just, like, almost be like, oh, now that I'm with the Raptors, I'm just trying to fit in. I'm just, excuse me, oops, I'm just, like, you know, going to set up the offense and get over here, like, no, I still want to see you play with a little bit of aggression. Um, you know, like you just you still got to try to be you in a way. I'm not saying take over, but you know, I I, th- I would love to see DJ attack a little bit more. Like for example, he was the backup point guard tonight, right? Um, Scotty had been playing backup point guard as well. He's starting power forward, plays some backup point guard. You know, guards a lot of center. Like he's he's been doing a lot. So again, without him, the Raptors have to re- you know uh, replace quite a few roles. Um, but he was playing backup point guard. And so without Scotty, you know, you needed someone else to run point. And honestly, there's not that many other options. I mean, DJ is basically competing with like Javon uh, to, to play point. And, and Javon hasn't even played with the Raptors for a while. And plus, he's not really a natural point either, although he has been scoring quite a bit for the 905. So again, congrats to him for getting the contract converted. But like you see DJ come in and even though he's running the backup point, he's not really creating that many plays for himself. He's mostly looking to get the Raptors into a set and then getting off the ball. Now, that's okay. Like, I'm, I'm not expecting him to take over, but still part of being, you know, especially a backup point guard is to have to create some of the offense. So I think the more he gets comfortable, and of course I'm not judging over like one or two games. What I'm trying to say is that I would love to see that expansion into a little bigger, uh, the more that he's able to, um, you know, settle himself in here, get some more practices, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Offensively, though, I, I did like to see the fact that he really hustled and, you know, uh, or just in general, he, he hustled. There's one play where on defense he was pressuring against Vasily Misic, uh, just trying to bring the ball past half. And Carton ended up diving on the loose ball on, on the floor for a loose ball. He lost it. But in that scramble for a loose ball, Misic actually could not get it past half after eight seconds. So that became a turnover anyway, going to the Raptors side. And then shortly thereafter, there was an offensive rebound, which Carton uh, was out of position for, but jumped and used athleticism. And he's a pretty athletic guy. Jumped, he used athleticism, won the, uh, the the tip out, and it actually ended up with RJ, who knocked down a three. So that was a really, really huge play, just to sort of create three points out of nothing, surely out of hustle. So I, I like Carton's approach, but I, I think I would like to see him, you know, just attack just a little bit more, hunt the shot just a little tiny bit more. He had a catch and shoot open corner three, missed it, whatever. Um, he's been shooting well in, in warmups. That's I've seen. That's a bigger sample than like the three or four shots he's taken as a Raptor so far. And then, of course, with Yaka being out for the second half, that opened the door once again for Jonte Porter to reemerge for the Raptors. And Porter played seven minutes. I thought actually at the start of it, he actually did really well. First play, he set up 
uh, Ochai for a cut to the basket, and he scored. And then, a ne- then the next trip down on defense, Ochai actually had a pretty good – or a, yeah, Jonte had a really good contest at the basket against Bridges. Uh, but in any, in any case, like, you know, or it was against Grant Williams. But in any case, um, yeah, Jonte, well, we feel like we're fairly familiar with this game. Like, he's going to shoot from the top of the floor, even though he's not shooting a high percentage. But he did go down to the G League, and he was firing a lot more of those. So hopefully he's in a good rhythm, uh, and he can knock down some threes on the top of the floor. I mean, fr- quite frankly, Kelly's not really hitting from the top either. So it would kind of be nice for the Raptors spacing bigs to – you know, actually knock down the threes, but you, you consistently see the, the decent distribution from the high post from Jonte and a guy who moves his feet well and contests at the basket without jumping too much. So he does avoid fouls as well, which is nice. But in any case, we saw seven minutes of Jonte and it kind of just was really similar to what he did previously, which is to be super solid. So it's, it's, it's a good thing really. And if uh, Jakob were to miss some time, once again, that opens the door for Jonte to come in and step in. And of course, finally for the second unit, Grady, I mean, Grady, 11 points, four rebounds, four or seven from three, three or five from, or four or four or seven from the field, three or five from three. It was weird because I was actually watching it, and I thought in the third quarter and fourth quarter, a couple of times I'm like, ooh, he's being a little too aggressive. Like, he's forcing the shot. So he, like, forced a mid-range shot, and he forced, like, a contested pump fake, like, leaning three against Brandon Miller. And, you know, I, I think for, for Grady, what's been really impressive is not not only the fact that he's been able to find his rhythm again after starting the season slowly, but um, he's been making the right reads. And so for a rookie to come in, he's not too over eager. He's not necessarily making the kind of mistakes where, you know, he's, he's, you could tell it comes from a place of nervousness. He's been making really good reads and making really solid passes. Uh, and when he doesn't have it, he understands that he's done his job for the offense to draw double teams and, and slip the pass out to, to the rolling big or, you know, make it make a cross court pass or even just making a simple swing pass along the perimeter. He's done a really good job picking his spots. And that's part of the reasons why his efficiency has been really good. And his efficiency is good here too. like 11 points on four or seven shooting is pretty good. But I did feel like there were a couple of instances that, you know, stand out and really it stands out because he has been doing such a good job of picking the right moments to shoot. And so I was like, okay, you know, I get it. You're trying to create a little bit more offense, try to be more aggressive. You kind of need to with, uh, you know, the Raptors now, they finished the game with zero starters that they started the season with, by the way. You know, they started the season with Dennis Schroeder, who is now running point for Brooklyn. They started the season with OG Ananobi, who is on the men with the New York Knicks. They started the season with Pascal Siakam, who is fighting for his life in Indiana, taking a lot of heat, even though it's really because Halliburton has been just completely inconsistent since, being, since he's joined there, mostly because of the health perspective. But he literally had a zero-point game recently. Uh, and then, you know, it was Scotty who is unfortunately now out for a while with the broken, uh, hand and now Jakob who disclosed his fingers. So they finished the game was literally zero starters that they started the season with that. They played pretty much like 20 games of the year with to start the year. And nevertheless, um, yeah, I, I think for Grady, it just continues to do what he does. And, and he, I mean, uh, he's really, really showing some confidence. That that corner three that he knocked down with the with the heavy contest, the fact that he was able to use the extra technique to arc it and shoot it even higher, and it still switched. I mean, there was a lot of beautiful little moments from from Grady, and uh, you know, I'm I'm, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously, we're gonna be here watching the rest of the season regardless because we're we're diehard Raptor fans. But you know, in terms of maybe you don't get nearly as many results. I mean, even this one against the Hornets was nearly really choked away, uh, and the Hornets are you know, one of the very few teams that are worse than the Raptors dealing with an even bigger spate of injuries. 
um, you still want to watch for great. You want to watch for quickly. You want to watch for uh, Ochai. You want to watch for RJ. And, you know, some of those guys did really well. And, and Gary, I didn't even mention Gary, but Gary, you know, <laughs> really hot and cold during stretches of it. Like, he, I thought he had some pretty open looks, could knock those down. But third quarter came alive, knocked down three threes. And then the final play of the game, he got intentionally fouled after the Raptors allowed Brandon Miller to walk in for a layup that cut it to a two point game. Shot clock turned off. Uh, and the Hornets were intentionally fouled, and they fouled Gary. He missed the first free throw, which then made it a three-point game after he missed make the second free throw. But uh, and, and for a second, it looked like, oh, man, the Raptors, you know, you could still risk overtime. And Gary ended up atoning for his own mistake by ripping the ball out and taking it away for a dunk in that end of the game. But in any case, Gary had a bit of an up-and-down game, but you're continuing to need to see him play in a really good 3-and-D role. And some nights he does it, some nights he doesn't, you know, it's like that for a lot of these guys. So uh, I'm going to wrap up with the three stars. Before I do that, though, a message from our sponsors. Are you ready? Are you ready to get fired up for the next game? Nothing helps more than a bowl of Campbell's new chunky spicy chicken noodle soup. Let me tell you, it's got tons of seasoned chicken, veggies, and noodles all in a tasty spicy broth. So it'll fill you up and get you fired up. So take your game to the next level and see if you can handle the heat with the new chunky chicken, spicy chicken noodle soup. Okay. To wrap up your three stars from tonight's performance, I think you got to give the first start quickly. I thought quickly really carried them. Again, the late free throws as well. But 22.7 rebounds, 11 assists. Really had to create a ton of offense for this shorthanded team. Uh, and he's going to have to continue doing that. And I loved how aggressive he came out the gate with, too. Um, Quickly's kind of been up and down a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, still. I, he, he bounced back from a really quiet game against the Hornets or against the, uh, the Warriors and, and did well against the Hornets. And I'm just looking forward to sort of you know, him just continuing to mature and grow as a lead guard. I can appreciate that this is a new journey for him. And when he shows the, the highs, they are pretty good. Uh, RJ is going to get your second start. 33 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 10 of 16 shooting, 3 or 4 from 3. 0 for 2 from foul line. I mean, RJ, just the, the, the it doesn't make sense that he's shooting almost 50 from 3, but almost 50 from free throw line. It just it doesn't make any sense. There's no historical precedent for this, but... Uh, 23 for RJ, and he did it efficiently. It's been the theme ever since he's come to the Raptors, so good for him. And then your third star, you know, I think I think you kind of have to give it to Gary here. I think the Ochai had a case, but the fact that he was 6 of 20 from the field, I just feel like, you know, it's funny because you see Ochai being aggressive and being athletic, and he wants to go to the rim, and you just see, like, there's, there's little differences. You might be shooting at the rim, but the technique and the approach once you get there, it's totally different. And RJ acts like he's been there. Every time RJ drives into the crowd, you actually still feel confident that despite being contested, he's going to find the right angle. He's going to find the right, you know, touch, the right shot to sort of go with, the right finish to go with, whether it's a push shot or a floater or a scoop shot or a spin layup, whatever. Like, RJ has that. Versus when Ochai goes through hoop, it almost looks like a little bit like Gary in transition. Like, he hasn't been there before and he's rushing. So I would love to see Ochai finish a little stronger. But... Uh, yeah, Gary, 17 points, 5 rebounds, uh, 3 steals, 6 of 13, 3 of 6 from 3, 2 of 3 from the foul line. Gave us a little scare, gave us a little bit of interest at the end there, but he made up for his own mistake. Your Gerald Henderson award winner, that's got to go to Brandon Miller, 26 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists. Yeah, he's going to be a problem. Um, I think that, you know, it's a question of whether he's going to be a number one guy. We see a lot of these, like, star wings, you know, uh, be impactful and create, and, you know, I think he fits that exact mold. It's just... 
how much can he get the ball and also how much can he distribute out of those two, right? Because a lot of being the number one guy is also making your teammates better. It's hard to make anyone better when you're playing the Hornets, but I mean, with the Hornets, but nevertheless, you know, number two pick looks like it's panning out. So good for him. So thanks everyone for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the Raptor show. We'll continue to have a rotating cast of uh, assorted co-hosts joining us in the show this week so uh, tune in for that but otherwise you've been listening to the Raptors Reaction Podcast brought to you by Campbell's new Chucky Spicy Soup good night